Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. What's up, everybody? It's Johnny, Johnny King Show. I am privileged and psyched to have a buddy here in studio, so to speak, Jimmy Everett. <laughs> Thanks for being here, man. Doing? How we doing? Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's local, local Denverite with with uh, with me here in town. We connected pre-COVID. We had a little bit of a hiatus. Man, it's like the beginning and end of a war, right? Yeah. I met you, met you back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Before all the PTSD <laughs> that we have from COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's been good. I've I've kept up with you a little bit on social media, just seeing what you're up to, and you're always posting stuff that makes me laugh, uh, which I appreciate. Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. And you love dogs, which I appreciate. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They they love us. Yeah. You got to give it back. I'm on a... I'm on a I didn't tell you, but I'm on a waiting list for a pup. Okay. Uh, Hopefully the bun is in the can. oven, but we'll see. Okay. So what, what does that what Bernie's does that Mountain like? Dog. Uh, oh, yeah. Bernie's okay. Mountain Dog, maybe with a little poodle intermixed in there to not be so, so much. So no shedding. Yeah, we'll see. I really should have thought through that before. My dog is like a, a moderate shedder, yeah. but yeah, wise wise choice. The roommate has a dog, a uh, Border Collie, that sheds. Not a ton girlfriend has a golden that sheds out the wall oh yeah so oh yeah they make up for being amazing <laughs> yeah. with, with some of that so what i mean when you talk waiting list like um, what? meaning i've put my deposit down okay uh, i'm my name is on a list of like six or eight people who have dibs at the next okay litter. So okay, but we don't know exactly when. So you wait in that pecking order, or yeah. do you get like some Fight Club to figure out who gets the? Yeah, I wish that like, probably <laughs> bumped me up. I think I'm on third. <laughs> okay, so okay. We'll see. they're awesome dogs. We'll see. It was a COVID oh, yeah. pup, but now it's been delayed. So we'll see if when I'll get it. That's but fair. I'm I'm very much a, a dog person. So and I, your dog's a great looking dog. Yeah, he's, he's smart. He, he, uh, seems like a smart guy. Uh, I mean, when he wants to be. <laughs> Right when they when they want to listen and they Same. want to do things, yeah, very much. They they take after friend. their owner, <laughs> yeah. very much. Right, because he knows. Like, there's times I call him and he comes, and there's times like you talk to him about certain things, and yeah. he's like, "Dude, you you know I'm not going to listen yeah. to any of this." Yeah. Started digging my backyard as soon as I bought this new house, and and I start to give him grief for it, and yeah. then I realize like you basically helped buy this house, so yeah. I can't even. It's your yard. Yeah. Just do your thing. Have at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's why we resonate. Well, with dogs, I, I have the selective hearing too, or the selective Very memory. Very much sniffing butts. I mean, it's I don't know. right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Selective yeah. hearing is <laughs> smelling <laughs> sniffing butts. <laughs> I love it. Well, you're a uh, a mortgage lender, uh, amongst other things. But it's been it's I been am. pretty cool that your story of of you know where you've come from is is pretty inspiring, which is why I wanted. I've been thinking of having you on for a while. Um, so it's cool you. that we're finally doing this, but. You, you. You've made something out of, not nothing, but you definitely have had a, from ground yeah. zero to success, you know, yeah. story. Yeah. Uh, fun. I mean, I, I kind of, kind of look back, uh, you know, leaving my previous industry and, and thinking about, you know, just, I just went over three full years in, in the business. Mm. Uh, but thinking back to um, actually before leaving my, my previous career, um, like days before mm. uh, leaving that career, being terminated. Let's, yes. let's yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, I, I reflect back on a Sunday night, sitting on my stairs at my house, uh, empty, empty house, no animals, mm. no, no real close friendships, or at least I shouldn't say that, but like I didn't have the opportunity to spend a lot of time with quality people. Yep. Didn't have a strong sphere, and just feeling empty. And I remember kind of, you know, having, having a, a breakdown and thinking like, how in the hell did I let this happen? How am I, I was, uh, you know, I was months away from turning 40, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 40 years old. And this, like I, I have, I have, I have money in the bank, but I, I like that's, the sec, uh, I, have, I have security, but I don't have a life. Right. I haven't built a life at like all. Like where's the value? Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It's been, uh, 
Which I think is I great know. because I feel like what, what a lot of uh, <coughs> people, but particularly men who I think are going to be listening and watching this, can resonate with that. So I feel like I've had that too, that moment. You know, Hopefully we don't have too many of those moments in life, but you can sometimes be like, how the hell did I get here? Oh, yeah. like how, how unconscious must I have been to allow things to get, whether it be, let's say, your health, your physical health is this bad, or your relational health, or your financial health, or, or hating the work that you do. And it's mind-boggling to think that it took years, yeah. right? I didn't get there in, in a handful of months. It yeah. was it was a decade of working in an industry. It was a decade of making choices as far as my career direction, mm-hmm. the people I surrounded myself, mm-hmm. the, the, the women I, I pursued, the friends I kept around. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was – and, I mean, I had lost – my, my temper, I was the angriest I had ever been, the most depressed I had ever been. Mm. And I I didn't do it for months or weeks. I did it for years. Mm. Uh, it, it's it's funny. I actually, uh, two nights ago, I, I received, uh, I, I was you know, terminated from, from that employment, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I, something needed to be done. Did you do nightclubs? I did. I ran, ran nightclubs uh, in, in Denver for about a decade. Right. And so when I was terminated, um, I had received a severance, but I also applied for unemployment Mm. and they, they denied it. So, and I didn't know this, but I got a packet of the statements that Mm. were written by coworkers and other managers about my termination. Mm. And it was a, you know, and it it was a few months after I'd been let go. So there's still, you know, obviously there's some bitterness, but I'm also starting to feel good about things, Mm. but it was very sobering to read these statements because while there might have been some embellishment, there was a lot of truth in what these people had to say about me. There was a lot of truth in how angry I constantly was and how negative and how like I didn't encourage anybody. I didn't coach anybody. I didn't lead any people in anybody. And so a couple of nights ago, randomly I'm going through a drawer looking for something and I, I don't even know why I kept it, but I, I found it and I'm, I'm reading it over again and I'm thinking the difference between that man who I could walk into a room where 99 things are correct and one thing's wrong and mm-hmm. you're going to hear about that one thing that's wrong yep. to like, I don't, I don't resonate with that person at all now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would, I would almost laugh at myself for noticing the one thing wrong if I did. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just a, so I, I, I read it one more time. I read the, the the statements one more time. I thought about it one more time, and then uh, and then threw it away. And it kind of felt good to. It's kind of the last resonance of of that person. Well, I think that's why you kept it. I think because I think it was motivating to be like, oh shit, like to get a clear glimpse of like, and to really know that you had. Well, maybe you didn't know, but perhaps the capability, the possibility of being someone different. Right. Very true. So it's like all of a sudden you, you had your own little, you know, conscious or subconscious process you're going through of divorcing that man, you know, and here you are as a new man. And you're like, cool. And I ha- I'm over this. So it really, it really was. I can let it go. It's it really cool. was. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's pretty powerful. I, I uh, you know, my roommate who I've had on the podcast, uh, another guy that I just had uh, maybe two weeks ago talking about he was in nightclubs as well. So the guy was in a gang, you know, it's like a lot of guys that have been on the podcast have talked about darker past, let's say, or things that they, they got caught up in. And when you're in the middle of it, and like you said, it's taken, it took years, right? Right. A decade or whatever. For me, I was, I was someone for 30 years ultimately that I wasn't proud of. And I'm like, how did I get here? To your point. You don't, and you don't see it. You know the the, the age old adage that that a fish doesn't know it's wet. Mm. You, you just don't. You don't realize it. I remember right before being terminated, I had a night where I had some friends come into one of the bars, and and I blew up at a, a door girl and my my door guy, and I mean they're both you know, twenty twenty one year old mm-hmm. kids, right? And I'm you, and a, a great buddy of mine pulls me off to the side, and he said, "Man, are you are you okay?" Mm. And I'm. Yeah, tough, tough night, but I'm I'm fine. And he says, Jimmy, I've never heard you talk to a human being like mm. that before. Mm. And I wasn't that human being outside of those those walls. Mm. But man, there there was a there was a, a switch that flipped where I became just an angry lunatic. But even even at the end, I didn't realize when when I was sat down to be terminated 
in my mind and what I kept saying to my old boss was, man, I've been so much better. Mm. This last year, year and a half, I've been so much better. When I hadn't been better at all, I had just been silent. I just wouldn't talk to people. I'd walk in and, and just keep my mouth shut because I knew, man, if I open my mouth, I'm just going to be destructive. Mm. And and rightfully so, they also, the people that saw that took it as, well, now he just, first he yelled at us, now he ignores us. Mm-hmm. Now we're, you know, now we're nothing. He, right. he won't even make eye contact right. with us. Right. And here I was thinking, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just yeah. going yeah. to stare over here. Right. What do you feel like that is? I mean, you said like within the, f- the four walls of that building, and because it makes me think another buddy I was having a conversation with recently, he was he'd gotten so depressed, and as soon as he got let go of his job, he was so much happier. He didn't realize that his job w- was was killing him. Was it the job or was what? it something else? I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. I think it was the realization of you know I had I had spent years in the military college i had worked in broadcast journalism like i had all these uh you know ambitions Mm -hmm. right and and i worked my tail off in that industry Mm -hmm. because i i had a short-term vision not a long term Mm -hmm. you know i i'm gonna i'm gonna outwork everybody i'm gonna become the general manager and then i'm gonna become the area supervisor and i thought well really the only next step is to become the president of this company i never really looked at the individuals in those positions mm. because i don't i don't emulate them now mm. but so i think it was a combination of man this is what i've built. like this is my career yeah this is this is what i'm going to accomplish um, I don't have an impact on anyone's life. I don't, my, my goal is for people to move on from this job, not mm-hmm. to grow in it. Mm-hmm. And then combine that with the fact that the service industry, uh, given enough time, people become negative as shit. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just, that, that's, that's how the majority of us are. I'll never, I forget one of my favorite stories. My buddy Tim worked for me for like maybe a few weeks as a manager at one of the clubs. And, and he comes up to me and he says, I can't do this. I, I gotta get, I was like, you've been here for three weeks. Yeah. And he says, dude, I just walked up to your servers to tell them to go have, you know, a great night. And he's this big jovial guy. He's like, you go kill it. And one of the servers looks him dead in the eye and goes, why are you always so effing happy? Yeah. And, and I, I knew that server well. And the funny thing is I didn't, in my mind, I didn't think oh, way to go in my mind. I went, damn dude how are you always so happy yeah yeah so i think that's what it was it was it was i felt like i was wasting life and i was surrounded by people that were were just as miserable if not more miserable than me if someone was a little bit happy they it's like it was like a bright star on a dark night Mm. i think it's really good i mean i mean some of the stuff that you wrote in your little bio here which i appreciate you doing uh it, it resonates and we're already on this conversation, which I think is so relevant because I too remember my, my work that I was doing before uh, kind of life imploded on me. I was, you know, at all these trade shows with all these guys that were two times my senior or three times. My, just, they were the most miserable looking, sad looking guys, literally just kind of like looking at their watch every five minutes. Like I was at trade shows. I'm like, what am I doing? You know? Like I was not passionate. I just, it was literally sucking the life out of me. And then when I finally started my, my own business in 2010 and starting to kind of feeling more empowered and, you know, just vital in life, let's just say, I'd say things, post different things on social media. Some people would be like, fuck you. You know, not everyone gets to chase their dreams. I have to, you know, I have to pay the bills. (laughs) I have to do this and like, screw you. And it's kind of like, no, everyone has that choice, you know. Yeah. Granted, it's not easy to get yourself, un- you know, no. unentangled. I mean, but- I think, you know, I, I don't, and there, I know there's a fine line to this because I know a lot of it is ego. Mm-hmm. I look at, there are people in, in my old industry who, who moved on to bigger and better. There are people, some of them involved with my termination. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I don't blame them for doing it. Shit, they, they, they did me a favor. Yeah. They're in the exact same spot I, that they were in three years ago when I left. Yeah. My departure didn't improve their situation at all. Didn't mm. improve what they accomplished. Mm. So I, I think that, you know, we, to, to have that moment, there are those people who have, I, I've noticed that there are people that want to genuinely see you succeed 
to any and all extent you can. Mm-hmm. There are certain people that don't want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain people that want you to succeed to a point. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to be happy. I don't want you to be thrilled. Right. You know, <laughs> I want you to take a trip. I don't want you to be gone too long. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think it is that, that, uh, for you, at least in your experience that allowed you to kind of, I mean, was it just making lemonades out of lemons in terms of getting let go and then realizing uh, I mean, that something was coming, obviously, for you to start realizing that you needed to, to let go of that version of you and yeah, step into I mean, a new version? When, <laughs> when you were a little kid, you ever watch wrestling? Oh, you yeah. still watch wrestling? Yeah. Like, uh, th- there were certain, certain you know, hero characters and certain villain characters, yeah, yeah. and sometimes they would switch back and forth. Yeah. Um, I had been, I had become the villain at work, mm-hmm. right? I was the guy that came around a corner and people were like, oh man, Jimmy's here. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 you know, I was relegated to that by the time I was let go. Like there was no fixing it. Didn't matter how nice I was to people. I would still hear, mm-hmm. oh man, Jimmy, people think you are an asshole. Mm-hmm. And so it was helpless. Uh, and, and so when I was let go, the, the initial fear of, man, how am I going to how am I going to make a living? How am I going to you know, make as much money as I was making before? That took a little while. But as soon as I stopped worrying about that piece and, and believed that I would make up for it, it was like this huge opportunity. Man, I can go wherever I want. I can surround myself with whoever I want. And I can be the, the good guy as it, like immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, I have to earn respect and I have to earn trust and all those things. But but man, I can, I, the person I was around my friends, I can be that everywhere. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that was the most empowering feeling ever. Like walking into uh work at fairway independent mortgage and walking into that office the very first time mm-hmm. and just walking through and shaking hands and, mm-hmm. and every morning being that guy, as soon as I got there mm-hmm. and, and not being responsible for anyone, right? Like not, not, I wasn't in charge of anybody. Uh, I wasn't responsible for trying to motivate anyone. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was get up, motivate myself, <laughs> go kick some ass that day. The end. No, life is simple. Yeah. It was immediately empowering. Yeah. And it also enabled me like time to, we talk about healing, like to heal the things that I needed to correct about myself yeah. and the things that I was holding myself too accountable for. Mm. Mm. Right. Um, you know, I think that there was, it took me years. I, I thought I had become so bad in that old profession that I thought I was no longer a good leader. Mm. I thought my, my leadership skills were corrupted when they weren't. They were, they were misplaced. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were jaded. But I still had the ability to connect with people. I still had the ability to um, encourage people. And it took me a couple years to, to realize that. It took me a couple years to to trust myself enough to, to hire assistants and, and bring people onto a team mm. um, and, and know that I'll, I'll have my slip ups. I'll have my moments where they got to roll their eyes and go, oh, there's Jimmy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm where I need to be in that, in that phase. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Like you're on. Yeah. I mean, again, divorcing yourself from an older version of you still took some time of shedding off those layers or those old memories you Absolutely. Know, to step into a greater version of you. Right. Which I think is a good reminder to, again, to those that, that are listening or watching that, you know, transformation, you can have a defining moment and yet it's like, okay, I define this moment as like enough is enough. I'm no longer going to settle for being 60 pounds overweight, but then you still got to do the fucking work. Absolutely. It still takes, half a year a year years absolutely to change your physique and you kind of do the same thing professionally as well as emotionally it seems like it is i i mean i think the i think one of the biggest triggers was that i had never been in an abundant environment before mm. right? i was always uh you know in school there's only so many people get a's in the military obviously there's only you know the, the rank is very obvious mm-hmm. um in the nightclub industry you know the, the you know bartenders, cocktail servers, everybody has like a level of, of cattiness about who's making more money and who's right. getting what shifts. Right. Um, getting into the industry I am now, uh, and, and, and several, I mean, when you, when you get into a point where I, I don't, I don't have to worry about other people in my profession t- 
taking business from me mm-hmm. or making more money than or any of those things. All I have to do is, is, is live up to my abilities, grow my business. There's mm-hmm. enough food for everybody to, to eat. Mm-hmm. And that helped change the, the perspective and, and allow me to just kind of kind of grow into myself and know that eventually good things would happen. And we, we talk about, you know, patience, someone that, that wants to lose weight, get into better shape. Yeah, we want we want that to happen in yeah. a week, a month, and and we want to see some results right away. I, I I always loved, and I've done it. You know, when you're a kid, you work out, you do like ten push ups, and then you stand in front of the mirror, like all of a sudden you're gonna <laughs> yeah. look like Brad Pitt. Yeah. And so, you know, I I look back now, just three years, but I think about, you know, I I underestimated. I think it's Tony Robbins who says we we love to overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in ten. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, man, in six months I could do this. In a year I can do this. When it wasn't, it, it took me longer. Yeah. But once it got there, once that momentum built, then it just it flows. Yeah. It flows. I think that's the – I mean, you speak to just the idea that consistency over time wins out. Absolutely inevitable. Inevitable. And everything, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know th- – we hear it countless times. I know I've been guilty of it. You know, when, when you're, you know, you're knocking on a thousand doors and you quit on number 999 when, when one more would have broke it all open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very much what I convince myself of all the time. Uh, it's what I encourage anybody who, who lists me. You just, you gotta keep knocking on yeah. the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, let's, let's rewind the clock a little bit. Talk yeah. a little more about, uh, your childhood. You said you're an all, you know, a two time, uh, high school dropout. Absolutely. Right. Overachieving screw up. Uh, overachieving screw up. Uh, spent some time in the military. Go back to maybe yeah. some, some key moments uh, that you felt like were, were relevant, maybe whether they be before high school or during high school that led you into kind of maybe your success and who you are. Happy yeah. With yeah. You are today. You know, uh, so, you know, and I, and I joke about it now. I was never a, I wouldn't consider myself a bad kid. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the kid that looked for trouble. Uh, you know, I was, I was, you didn't have to worry about me uh, coming home with, with handcuffs on her. Right. Uh, but I was brutally lazy, brutally. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get me to do a damn thing. Mm-hmm. You know? And I never recognized as a kid that my effort at anything would result in a benefit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, dropping out halfway through my junior year, I, I go back for my senior, I get kicked out halfway through my senior year, and I, you know, talk about clueless, like I still had no idea, I'm living on a buddy's couch midway through the summer of 1996, yeah. and I have, forget a plan, yeah. like I'm just a lump of shit, <laughs> and and I remember even my buddy's mother not really saying, hey, you, you need to get a job or get out of here, yeah. she was like, dude. You think you could mow the lawn or something? Yeah, like you yeah. eat a lot of food. Yeah. Could you do something? <laughs> and so it's it's funny. My parents, my mother always says, "Well, thank thank God you you went to the Navy." But even my first four years in the Navy, I was the same. I I, I, I lucked out. the The Navy happened to be the one, uh, and I'm and I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of give the the Navy a little grief. But they they were the only branch that would accept me without a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even my first four years in the Navy, I didn't accomplish anything. I got my, I got my high school diploma. That was about it. But I, I lucked into screwing up enough that I had to reenlist. So at the end of my first four years, I didn't have any money saved. I didn't have a a college degree. I, I was in the same spot and I knew I told myself, if you get out now, you're just going to go home and be the same exact person you were before. Totally, yeah. And so I would say my first, like, I mean, joining the Navy, letting, having them accept me was my first big break. But the the second and life-defining one was, or or life-changing, I should say, was re-enlisting, and I transferred from Pearl Harbor to New London, Connecticut. And there's Mm. a submarine. I was on submarines for for both both tours. Mm. And so when I transferred to New London, mm-hmm. I was stationed on a submarine called the USS Memphis. Mm-hmm. And on that boat, I met easily the greatest group or collection of human beings I've ever been around mm-hmm. in my life. Between mm-hmm. the, the guys I served with and their families, mm-hmm. and their kids, and 
that was my first experience in life where my effort mattered. Mm. And I remember getting to that boat and being the same guy I'd been, screwing off, doing yep. this and that. But I really wanted these guys to like me. And a uh, one of my closest friends on the planet now, a guy named Kyle Antall, uh, w- one day I was supposed to do something for him, and I didn't. I, I, I went home. I was told I could go home. I went home. Mm-hmm. And so he pulls me off to the side the following day on the boat, and he says, Jimmy, none of us care that you're lazy, but don't be lazy on our shit. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I realized if, if I don't work hard, you're not going to like me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to want to be around me. You're not going to be a friend. Mm-hmm. When that didn't matter anywhere else. Right. You know, maybe it, it mattered in sports and school, but not to that big an extent. Right. And none of your buddies gave a shit if you got A's or F's. Right. And that was kind of a, a trigger. Mm. Like, okay. And and so I never, you know, I, I, I joke to this day, I never really cared about the Navy. I didn't really, I wasn't a gung-ho, I'm going to win awards in the Navy. I was about my guys. Mm-hmm. I was about the people I served with. And that included, honestly, talking to them about whether they wanted to stay in the Navy or mm-hmm. what they could accomplish if they got out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I feel like I'm being long-winded. I no, apologize. this is good. I actually like it. It's uh, good. And so I, I did that that four years. Uh, in the early stages of that tour, 9-11 uh, occurred. Oh, interesting. Um, and so we, we did some deployments after that. Um, and really had a chance to one see the world, um, and become like and and grow from bring, being a kid into being a, a man for for what that's worth as a twenty five twenty six year old mm-hmm. guy because mm-hmm. I know we don't really grow up to our fifty seven, <laughs> um, and so to have kind of that moment with that group of of guys, you know, when we talk about uh, the ability to go back in time and tell yourself something or like. I wouldn't, I'm glad I didn't graduate high school. I'm glad I didn't take advantage of my first four years in the military. I'm glad that I didn't do anything that would have screwed up that path because mm-hmm. those guys, those people, uh, the, the men and women involved on that submarine changed everything about who I am. Mm-hmm. They gave me confidence to be who I am. They instilled in me, you know, w- when I got out of the Navy, uh, and it's it's hilarious. I told my parents I'm getting out, and and they said that's good. We kind of want you safe. There's a lot of things going on, and I said, well, I'm going to go to college. And they said, well, maybe you should stay in the Navy. <laughs> well, school's not really your thing, but in college, I couldn't just get season B. Like I had to have A's. Mm. Everything at that moment became mm. I got to make up for being a failure in high Interesting. school. Interesting. And that has just built and built and built. So I, I genuinely went from being the laziest kid I can imagine to like everything I do now is, is almost in, in an attempt to fight back against how lazy I was. Like even on days where I feel like taking a day off, I think, man, man, 17 year old Jimmy would do that, but he would take a week off. So you better (laughs) work today just in case. Do you feel like you, you can kind of feather the, the balance I mean, as you get older, do you find, I mean, obviously, if you just keep mm-hmm. grinding and grinding, there's a point where, well, maybe there isn't, but I feel like it's your border on the line of burnout or like starting to question, like, is is all there is to life just working hard and that sort of thing? But you take plenty of time to relax and I'm, I, I'm, enjoy yourself. And, I'm there. Yeah. I think that there was a, there was a time in the nightclubs, I was and 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 I love the term grind because I think we overuse it more than, yeah. you know. But I mean, I I worked my ass off in that club, and again, you talk about lessons, and I'm like, well, what the hell did I do that for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got some, I got promoted, and I got paid more, but I mean, was it was it worth it? You know, all the things I missed, all the nights I should have taken off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm in a career now where my effort has a, 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 a huge, you know, plays a huge factor in obviously what I get out of it. But I'm at a point where w- what that goal is, isn't, isn't just monetary, isn't just, yeah. you know, I did this much work. And so having, having life and enjoying life and being around people and, giving myself now I'll, I'll admit I still suck at truly intentionally giving myself time off mm-hmm. like I'll have 
I have plenty of time, but I don't enjoy it because yeah. I'm always kind of in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I recognize, and I've been spending the last few months, especially really thinking about what, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. What is the, what is the purpose behind it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what is, what is the <clears throat> end objective? Yeah. Because without that, you know, all, all this effort is just um, waking up each day and recycling the same day. Right. Which, which gets to the, my point. Like if, if you keep thinking to yourself like, Oh, I'd like the day off, but man, 17 year old Jimmy would take, <laughs> then you're always, you're always reacting out of what you don't want to be right. You're always being kind of pushed from the pain of, you know, not liking who you were, but then there is always the question, but then why are you, it's not only to not be this guy. Right, because I've gone through the same thing. Very fair. I was like, I no longer want to be the guy that was, you know, got my got me up to thirty years old. But then after a while of just trying to make sure I don't run into that guy in the rearview mirror, I had to sometimes start to look forward, be like, well, where am I actually going? I don't even know where I'm going. I'm just kind of running forward while looking over my shoulder, right? right? So I I think it's. I think there's a that that makes me think about the idea that. I, I think I'm reaching that, hopefully reaching that point where instead of looking and maybe throwing away that paper the other day was a sign of this, totally. that rather than looking back over my shoulder to get as far away from this guy as possible, mm-hmm. I'm starting to look forward to who I am in the future and running as fast as I can towards that, that person. 100%. Um, that actually feels pretty good to say out loud. Yeah. I don't, you know, cause I, I think, which is I what I'm looking over the shoulder for a long time. That's what I'm experiencing with you because you're, you're, you're obviously saying over the last special, especially over the last several months, you're starting to ask the question, why, you know, or like, what is this all about? Right. Which is more forward thinking, um, and connecting more with maybe your feminine of being like, okay, yes, I can keep taking action moving forward, but then <clears throat> I want to make sure I have a purpose behind all this. Yeah. And your purpose can't just be to avoid running into that Absolutely. guy. Right. So I think, yeah, I think you're, that's, that's a cool evolution that you're stepping into Thank now, you. you know, which I think is, and I've talked to a lot of people, but uh, a gal that I had on the show, Alison Armstrong, she talks about like different, you know, moments of in men's lives, the, the kind of like the, the progression, the life cycle of a man's life, you know, and a lot of times <clears throat> people are like, oh, he's having a midlife crisis. And what it really is though, is typically men in our age, 40 to 50 years old, start to question more of like, okay, I've been getting these results. I can now see a fair amount of life behind me. And do I want the other half, the second half of this act, if you will, of this um, novel that we're writing to be similar to to the first act? And if not, then what is this all for anyways? Right. You know, so it's more of not so much a midlife crisis as it's more of a deeper questioning as to like legacy and the relevancy of why we're doing what we're doing here. Legacy is massive to me. Yeah. I had uh, a family friend that I grew up with um, and his father who had been, you know, kind of a a father figure to me, uh, passed away this many years ago now. But I'll always remember, and and this was as I was kind of starting my career in the nightclubs. Uh, But I remember going to his funeral and my friend is, is up speaking and he, uh, you know, big, big, strong guy, but father's funeral, you know, has the, the moment where he, you know, his voice cracks a little bit and he stops and his father had coached high school football for years and years. Mm. And so he says, uh, Hey, just, just for me, from, for my sake, uh, would you please raise your hand if my father coached you And this church is, you know, packed with people and, these hands start going up all over this this church, and it's all age ranges, right? I mean, it was, you know, been ten years our senior to little kids, and I mean, mm-hmm. they're just everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was the the most powerful visual of legacy. Well, there's there's two of them, but this one was the the first that I had ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. And not not that I think about it in a morbid way, but I but I think about that in my lifetime. Like if people were at some point to be asked, you know, if, if Jimmy Everett's had an impact on your life, a positive impact, would you raise your hand? Mm -hmm. Like I I want as many hands as possible to go up. And that was, it it was a, a powerful visual as far as legacy. And it was also in the earliest stages of that career, 
a moment where I knew I was on a bad path. Mm -hmm. Cause I remember yeah. leaving that church and thinking, man, who the hell is going to raise their hands for me? Mm -hmm. Bunch of cocktail servers and bartenders that yeah. don't, don't remember who I was anyway. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's, that is what this, so much of this is about is, is what we, the, the, the lessons we pass along, what we leave behind. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I was wrote today. I mean, the, the, any goal we have, any goal we set, there is, it, it's almost every time that, that achieving that goal is going to be based on how many people you impact that you can achieve just, I mean, outside of maybe your own health, mm -hmm. every goal you ever set is about impacting others and how you go about it. Well, and I would say, especially though with your health, I mean, you just don't see it per se, but I mean, my, my, my parents' health directly impacted me and that's why I stay so oh, that's healthy. That's very fair. Yeah. You know, my yeah. mom passed away from cancer. My dad lost 120 pounds after she passed away. Like my life has been deeply impacted by the ripple effect of their health. Right, I like that. Yeah, and I, I like think that. I think a lot of a lot of people, especially in this country, to 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 realize that we we all have yes the same twenty four hours a day, you know. But what really is the the currency of life? I think is energy, and for a lot of people in this country, and even more so as the world continues to adapt to adopt more of a Western uh, eating habits and everything else, like you lose your energy when you're eating shit food. Yeah, you know? and energy yeah. is everything. Energy to play with your kids or to invest in your relationship or invest in your work or to take care of yourself. It's oh, like, yes. I think that's a big, a big part of it. I think all of it to your point, all is how it impacts others, you know? And I had a, a I just recorded another podcast yesterday and he was saying a, a big question that he read in a book. Wasn't so much like, like how much money are we making or that, that sort of thing rather instead to focus on, who's going to be there to, to carry your casket, you know? Yeah, like exactly. Who's, whose hands are going to be there to want to honor you after you're dead and gone, you know, each of us. And I think that's, that really does come back down to how are you showing up in life and how are you impacting others, you know, and not just like you said, how you were showing up as a, as a manager and kind of bossing people around per se. And, you know, absolutely. It's, it's more about that lasting impact that you're leaving on people. Completely. Which I think is pretty, Pretty powerful. Um, in, in regards to letting that go, processing, you know, because I think there could also be a lot of shame that comes along with, um, you know, especially with a lot of guys that I've talked to, there's shame with not loving who they've been, right? And as you let that let that go and let that older version of you die, there also has to be kind of a forgiveness, a forgiving of yourself. Talk about, like, if you can, like, how, does, how has forgiveness shown up in your life whether it be for yourself or for others as you've evolved um i i think um the the longer the the time span goes <clears throat> the more i give myself uh, the, the more i forgive myself for the rougher moments mm. or, or or maybe not even forgiveness maybe it's just accepting like you've okay you've, you've paid your dues mm -hmm. right committed your crime <laughs> did your time in your mental mental jail uh you were, yep in that moment man you were a prick yeah you were you were, you were mean to people yeah. you know um but you it, it it is in the past you're making amends off we go um learning and accepting that there are some people who forgive you immediately mm -hmm. there's some people who don't even expect like they don't hold it against you mm. just, you know that you know and then accepting that some people are and the funny thing is some people aren't going to let it go. Yeah. And more often than not, they tend to be the people that you've had the least interaction with anyway. Mm. Like you talked to them twice. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so I think when it comes to that forgiveness, it's also understanding that not all of it was bad. Not, not all of my anger or my frustration or my moments. Maybe the messaging was wrong, mm -hmm. but the, the intention behind it was good. And so taking some of that and, and remembering uh, that there are still pieces of, of how I handled situations that uh, are, are still useful to me today. Mm -hmm. um, the, it keeps me in check 
to know that really I and I was thinking about this yesterday the, the time that it took to become that person yeah makes me more aware of how I am now as as my business grows as I add people to my team as similar things happen in the old industry because mm-hmm. I didn't start out as a lunatic mm-hmm. I, I grew into one yeah. right? and so in this like you know allowing that 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 growth uh, to to keep me balanced and to know that if uh, you know am I am I handling this the way that I want to handle each step and when I do have a moment because I, I still have my moments mm-hmm. where I get hot headed and and people see it on me and, and anxiety is not my friend but knowing don't don't let this you know have your moment but don't let it become a lengthy chapter of your book your personality yeah, yeah 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 not letting it define you completely i think tony robbins says that too don't let your past become your future in that sense <clears throat> i believe it yeah. i keep that i keep that as top of mind as, as i possibly can yeah i think that uh you know i i talk about the you know the high school moments and, and the first four years in the navy and how i'm thankful for it now mm-hmm. because this happened you know maybe i wish it didn't take me you know almost a decade but I am glad that that happened because I know the human being I am today is far superior to the mm-hmm. one I would have been if I had just found a job at 30 mm-hmm. and hadn't gone through that mm-hmm. and hadn't been exposed to those people and those moments. Completely. Yeah, I think about the same thing with, with my life, kind of thankful for the, the valleys, not only the, the peaks. <laughs> you know? have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm going to ask a question just because I'm curious just for myself. Oh, yeah. um, what What – what is life like on a submarine for, for months at a time? Yeah. yeah. And, I, um, and I imagine what makes you, which gets you through that are the people. They are. Um, I, I wish I had a more exciting answer, but I'll, I'll tell you, it starts yeah. with defeating boredom. So the one thing about submarines is you're, you're safe that the U S I mean, I should say we, un- we unfortunately did the Indonesia lost a, a boat a couple, couple weeks ago, but the U S hasn't lost a submarine uh, since long before you and I were born. Mm. So even in nine 11, um, you know, I'm calling my parents and telling them I'm going underway, but I'm confidently like I'm, I'm safe. There are right. some other men and women that are not going to be, mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so you one, it's, it's a, it's a lot of, it is a lot of good conversation and rapport building because you're shut off from the world. You don't yeah. hear any new music. You don't know what is happening. And, you know, getting a, a sports report at the time and just finding out who won a, a football game is, is a big deal. Um, you read a ton of books, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you, you work a lot and you just find ways to, to, to bide your time. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got guys who work out all the time. You got, uh, guys that, that tinker with stuff. Uh, yeah. but you just, just keep plugging along and, and counting and, and at a certain point counting a, a calendar until you pull into port again, mm-hmm. drink far too many beers mm-hmm. and then get on the boat and, and go do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as like conversations when you're underway, I mean, you, you, you talk about any, it's, it's hilarious to think about. You talk about anything. You talk about family and girls mm-hmm. and going to the bar when you get in the port. Mm-hmm. The one thing you couldn't talk about was food because food was the one thing that we couldn't, that we knew, like you couldn't talk about your mother's pasta because it could be months and months and months before you had your mother's pasta. Right, right. You could talk about a bar and meeting some girl there because we're going to pull in a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Poor Canaveral will be there. Yeah. Um, so you'd have, you know, you'd be in the middle of deployment talking about God knows what somebody bring up fruit loops and shut your mouth, <laughs> dude. Do not talk about fruit loops right now. Yeah. So that yeah. was, that was the interesting taboo portion. That is pretty crazy. What, what were, uh, some of the purposes of the deployment? Is it, uh, I mean, are you, shooting anything off of it is more yeah, just like just, uh, just depends on the on uh, the time and the boat you're on um, launching missiles when missiles because the submarines can can launch Tomahawk missiles uh, yeah. so definitely yeah. blew some shit up yeah. um, you may you may track other boats in the water um, you may do just reconnaissance um, you may do f- you know, support, you might protect, uh, or just be around a, a surface ship yeah. to make sure that no one's, uh, doing anything to it. Uh, just a, a little bit of, of, of everything. They're extremely versatile. And there's, and there's a couple different types of submarines. I was on a, a fast attack submarine. So our, um, 
mission is to either hunt hunt other boats, uh, launch Tomahawk missiles, or do some surveillance. And then you have uh, called ballistic subs that are that are shooting nuclear weapons that yeah. you know you hope you never have to so. deal with. But yeah, yeah, those are bigger, I would imagine. They are. So our our submarine fast attack is three hundred and sixty feet, smaller, uh, yeah, more but a, but a but a football but a football field in length, and then uh, boomers are five five forty five fifty something like that. Wow. Yeah, big big boats. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, you really don't think. I mean, until you see one in person, or you know, and I've seen a few in dry docks. Like, man. Oh yeah, so when you see them in dry dock. Think. One of my favorite pictures is of uh of the crew of the Memphis standing in front of the boat, and it's yeah. out of the water, and, yeah. and just little so peas cool. on it. It's so cool, and I and just the technology still. To I don't, I don't know how it all works, but it's so one it's of the things that always blew my mind uh, about the sub is that so you see you know wiring and stuff so you have your your outer hole to keep off the water out and then you have your we call it the people tank inside and so on a on a sub they i mean everything fits as tight as they can all through the boat so you'd have these wires and all sorts of you know hydraulic valves and everything and just looking at you know a, a piece of the boat and going man someone sits in a room and sketches or draws all this shit out. These little cords exactly. going to this and yeah. operating yeah. this and and mind boggling. I mean, you have you have a nuclear reactor on mm-hmm. these boats, mm-hmm. so you have people who are you know trained in running that, and then you've got mechanics Crazy. and electricians. And I mean, it's just mind blowing the the technology that goes into it and the minds that have to think all of it up. Yeah, the intentionality of every oh, single. God screw and placement of everything yeah they put me in charge of it we'd never we'd, we'd just sink we'd do a great job of sinking that'd be about it there'd be little holes that are filled with fruit loops that's you know I do, that's right that's right i always do love you know you get yeah people ask about submarines and they're like so do you see do you see a lot of like sea life down at the windows it's not, not too many windows on yeah. that. You got to go to Sea <laughs> yeah. World for yeah. that submarine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a different type of submarine experience <laughs> than at Disney. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, this has been this has been really good. Um, I feel like we could keep yeah. chatting, but I feel like uh, the 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 main point of this whole conversation really is about, especially for us as guys, we can all come from a. a, a a lesser evolved place, you know, <laughs> but, uh, to trust yourself, right. trust your instincts. It takes time just to shed off old layers. Oh yes. Uh, forgive yourself. You know, yeah. we could certainly talk about the imposter syndrome. Cause I think there's a lot of guys that are trying to fake it till they make it. Um, sure. but, uh, it's, it's cool to, to see that, you know, at least my experience of you is that you're really just have settled into being grateful for, for who you are today as a result of, even the mistakes and the shortcomings of yesterday. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I think it's pretty pretty cool. Any uh, any last closing thoughts? Anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to Yeah, you know, I w- I would just say you're 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 never out of time. Mm-hmm. If there was something that I convinced myself of and probably why I stayed in, in the, the old profession longer was because I thought, oh, it's too late. Like, what am I going to do? I'm already, mm. I'm already 36, I'm already 37, or, you know, whatever. And I would have done that forever if they'd mm. held on to me. Mm. Um, and, and I, you talk to a lot of people and that's kind of what comes up. Oh, I would have done this. I ran out of time. You're, you're not. Right. Because, you know, t- t- tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow happens for each one of us. You got to start at some point. So you're not out of time. Yeah, absolutely. And given that, just take action. Take oh, yeah. action now. Because you're not always guaranteed tomorrow. Fact. Yeah. Fact. Absolutely. Well, people wanted to, to connect with you, follow you, any of that good stuff, work with you. Um, where can they find information about? Yeah. Where you're at? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you find me on on any social media platform, Jimmy Everett's. Um, you can. That's that's probably the best. If you if you Google Jim Everett, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna find you know some naked photos and some I'm kidding. <laughs> and then, uh, but no, I'm, I'm I'm pretty easy to find uh, social media and uh, do a lot on on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, whatnot. Yeah, I think soon to come YouTube. Something this morning, I forget what I was I was doing. Something in preparation for this, and then next thing I knew, I saw your little ad on my on a website. Did I get? Oh, I gotta find out what they what they got going on. Yeah. But it it was what? Who did you work? Who do you work for again? Uh, fairway. Fairway. It was a fairway ad. By the very bottom, it was like your little tiny picture, and 
you know, your your information. Oh, right there. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I gotta see what they're what they're doing for me. I put out some Jimmy Everett's cookies and then <laughs> pulling in the, the ads. So I almost clicked on it, but very cool. I appreciate you. Absolutely, thank being you. Being here. Thanks for uh oh, yes. sh- shed, shedding the uh shedding the old version of yourself and then sharing the kind of the the how to of uh just becoming the, the man that you are today and I appreciate and, that. And being you know, forgiving yourself. <laughs> I think it's uh, pretty powerful the story. So Gotta do it. Appreciate it for sharing it. Thank really you, brother. Good. Yeah. Awesome, you guys. Well, thanks for joining. As always, um, feel free to, to hit up Jimmy if you have any mortgage needs in the Denver area, Colorado area. Do that. Right? Do that, sure. Um, if you want to check out his his dogs, check out Butt Instagram, kiss, Facebook. Butt kiss and Mosey. Oh, yeah. Butt kiss and yeah, Mosey. Facebook, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or if you're ever in the Denver area and you want to hang out with two cool dudes grabbing a beer or whatnot, feel free to hit oh, us yes. up. So thanks again for, for following, for watching, for listening. And until the next episode, take care. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something that I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.